0: Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and that's where we're going to spend our time this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And this morning I would like to do something that we haven't done since we were all little kids. We're going to play pretend just for a minute. (laughs) We're going to pretend that a banker has called each of us last Friday night and gave us some really good news that there is this person, this benefactor, who loves you so much that decided to make an anonymous donation into your bank account. But he did it a little strange. He decided to deposit 86,400 pennies every single day into your account. With the 86,400 pennies, there is a stipulation that you have to spend all of that money in that very day. No money can be carried over into the next day. All of it will then be swept away at the end of that day. And you can imagine if you got that phone call, you would sit down and realize that's about $864 a day, over $300,000 a year that you would be receiving, and we would all go, yay, (laughs) that would be wonderful, uh, and have suddenly all that money dropped into our account. I want us to consider that the idea of only being able to spend that amount that day, though. That's all you'd get. You could take any of it to the next day, no carrying over. That would be the end of it. I want us to think about, then, that's not... Ending pretend life, but real life. And instead of money, that's the amount of time that God has given us every day. And time is such an interesting, nebulous kind of concept. And yet it is such a a critical component of our lives. How many sentences speak about the time. I don't have time. I wish we had more time. Uh, All the things that go on in regards to time of being late and early. And time is so much uh, within our lives. And and, and consider uh, that a a loving benefactor has given us 86,400 seconds every single day, but you can't carry one second over to the next as much as we might like to say, I wish we had more time. 24 hours in one day is all we get. And the writer of Ecclesiastes is going to explain to us some interesting perspectives about time. As time uh, is kind of one of the equalized factors in that it's something that all of us have right now. Regardless of how much money we have, regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of education, regardless of privilege or lack thereof, we have 86,400 seconds today. And so what will we do with the time that we have? And so I want us then to read what Solomon does in talking about uh, this time and I, as I read this and say this the first time, I began to think, you know, it's not going to be much longer that nobody's going to know that song anymore that was written by the birds that comes from this this very text. And some of you younger and that's starting to date me that I even know that, even though I wasn't alive for that song, I know that song. So it shows how badly my dad warped me growing up. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal; a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent. A time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate a time for war, a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but man cannot discover the work God has done from the beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that all God does will last forever, and there is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is has already been, and whatever will be already is. God repeats what is past. This is an interesting description of, that is given here as this discussion about time. And, and, and summarizing it all by saying that there is a, a, a time for everything. And, uh, and I think that's really the, the overriding point of why uh, the writer describes this. Is, well, there are various circumstances in life. There are things that happen in life. And, and more importantly, consider what he points out. Nothing in life ever stays the same. There's nothing in life that stays in its current state. Life is always changing. And I think that's what he is doing as he describes this. As he's, There's a time for giving birth. But eventually that turns into death. No person ever avoids that. And all the joys and love and, and, and rejoicing that comes with the birth of life, the crashing opposite comes at the time of death that is destined for every person. And so here is this picture of look at how circumstances in life change. Uh, the second thing that, that he picks out is a time to pl- uh, a time to plant and a time to uproot. Uh, think about that in your own limited gardening that you do. If you you put the plant in there, and I think about my front yard there, and I've put plants in there many times. And summer comes around, if it doesn't rain enough, those things are scorched, and I've got a. Pull them right back out and start all over again and try to put some new ones in in November and see if they'll make it around through the heat that time. And, and, and that's the picture of think about uh, think about even the plant life. of There's this, this beginning time where you do all of this work to, to plant these plants and try to get them to grow and be nourished. And then there'll be times where they're not going to make it. You have to pull them out and throw them away. A time to kill. Uh, and, and a time to heal. We see that uh, certainly in society, look back throughout the history of America, also, also later on talks about time of war and a time of peace, uh, times where, where things are great and things are very peaceful and prosperous. And that's so not the case during other times of life. I'm kind of right now watching little documentaries on uh, World War II. Hmm. Boy, uh, I can't imagine that world and that life. What a What a, what a difficulty. Uh, those things were at that time. And here's the shifting of life. Look at the way our country is now. Look at the way things used to be only 60 years ago. Uh, Fascinating to see. That's what what the writer is doing is he just wants you to reflect and think about how life is constantly changing, how circumstances are are constantly changing. Verse 3 again, a time to tear down and a time to build. Uh, For some reason I thought about uh, there in Miami, the historic Orange Bowl. It stood in great monuments of great victories for the hurricanes. It uh, had all sorts of great activities that took there. And I'm sure at the time was a a wonderful thing uh, and, and, and a beauty. And now there's nothing left but the ground. It has been destroyed. There's a time to build and enjoy the things that are built. And there's a time when it becomes dilapidated and it gets torn down. And the bigger and better and the newer replaces it. Notice also verse 4, he's, verse four. he now really kind of shifts away from, from circumstances of life and looking at objects and things, planting and uprooting. He begins to kind of take more of the human character about things. And He says, consider there's a time of weeping and there's a time of laughing. There, there are the, the difficulties of life. There are the real bad times. There are the times of trials and trauma, of mourning, of challenges. And there's a time of laughter. There's a time of good times and prosperity and enjoyment and rejoicing. He says, think about how life is constantly changing. And just for a moment, and I I don't want to sit in silence, but just think for a moment, even over your own life, how many times there have been the moments of mourning and sadness and how many times have been the, the great laughter and enjoyment and how quickly you change between the two in life. And I think that's what the writer is describing, is consider how quickly things change, how often circumstances in life are shifting. Verse 4, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Same, same picture of enjoyment of life and then difficulties uh, of life. And that's what he's doing is he, he goes through all of this, a time for embracing and a time uh, not to embrace, a time to keep things, and a time when we have to throw things away. You eventually get to the point of, when well you keep those things in the attic for so long, and you finally go, okay, <laughs> I can't keep it anymore. Or even usability, things that you use and use and use, and finally, it's just not of value to me anymore. And so uh, Solomon here is being very reflective. And, and one of the things that I think undergirds what he's writing here is, is that life is, is very transitory. And really draws out the the essence of it being a vapor of consider how much of life things really do change. Because I think uh, often we think that things will always stay the way they are right now. We project into the future as if the way things are in our life right now will always be. And yet when we think about it long enough we realize that's just not true. There's nothing in our life that is just really a constant that we sit back and go, well, this is the way it always is. No. By this afternoon, we could be weeping and wailing about something or be in great joy. And I think one of the things that is useful as a life lesson that Solomon is driving to us is that consider whatever life circumstance you find yourself in right now is likely going to change real soon. Which means... Appreciate the circumstance you find yourself in now. Really look at the time that you have at this moment Whatever season you find yourself in, a time of gladness, a time of joy, a time of suffering, a time of difficulty, whatever it is now, and remember, it's not always going to be like this. It's going to change. It's going to be a transitory effect that is going to take place, and so never assume that life is always going to stay the way that it is. Never assume that the, the, these difficulties, and this is especially true when things are bad in life, probably at the two extremes of life we think about it will always be this way. When things are really bad and we're really suffering and we're really getting beaten down, it feels like it's never going to stop. It's never going to change. This is the way it's all going to be. We get into depression. We get into there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Woe is me. It's awful. And we can't ever see how it ever change. Solomon says, oh, it changes all the time. Don't forget, it won't always stay this way. And think about the other extreme, things are going well, things are prosperous, things are going great, it's always going to be like this, we're always going to be having good times, it's going to be just the way that we it. life is going just so well. And Solomon, well, no, things are going to change, life is always changing, this is a reality that humans really need to open their eyes to, that Solomon just simply writes and says, You know, think about all these obvious life circumstances. Look around you. Things don't stay the same. And things in our lives just don't stay the same as well. And so overriding, I really want us to consider for the first point from these first verses is that I think what the writer is trying to tell us about time is appreciate the time you have now. Appreciate the way things are right now. And even in times of difficulty, appreciate that time. Why? Because this is the time of learning. This is the time where we we get stronger, we develop ourselves, we build character and perseverance, we learn some patience, we become better people from those difficulties, remembering that it's not always going to be like this. Things are going to get better. And so, let me learn from these difficulties right now. Make me a better human. Make me better fit to serve God. And during the good times, understand... You might be coming right off the top of the roller coaster and flushing down the next side tomorrow. Enjoy where you're at right now. If it's prosperity and joy and rejoicing and the things in life are treating you well, appreciate it. Enjoy it. Because it may not be that way real soon. And so Solomon, with some wise words, and speaking about this situation that there is a time for everything and appreciate the time that you have at this very moment. Appreciate the circumstance. That you find yourself in right now, I, I I like to share my personal reflections about these things, and I, all I can tell you is I, I felt that roller coaster myself, and I know you can do the same thing as you think about your life. It's amazing how fast things can change. It is amazing how fast things can change. Uh, our world with grace seems like two alternate universes of life that, that exist, that all mark upon one day when we were in Miami and got a diagnosis about her. I mean, it's, it's amazing how fast life can change, how your plans of life, how you think everything will go one particular direction, everything will be just what you thought it would be, and how in just a moment everything in your life can be completely flipped upside down. And so Solomon writes that and says, look, look at these contrasts. These contrasts are intended to think about that there's times of planting and there's times of uprooting. There's times of building up and tearing down, times of birth and times of death. I mean, we we experience the extreme changes of life. And so appreciate where each of us stand at this very moment. Verse 11 is interesting, a very challenging text really in the Hebrew. And so there's a lot of... uh, different ways this is described but everything is appropriate or beautiful uh in, in, in its time and I think that's where that song that we have in our psalm books come from that's in in his time is referencing off of this picture right here of consider all the things in life consider how everything changes. Everything according with God. And so we have this picture of eternity given to us in verse 11. Uh, He has put eternity in their hearts. This is a a very interesting little statement that's made by Solomon. And I think the point that that the writer is getting at is uh, regardless of where we come from and background and upbringing and teachings... There's something built within us that always asks the question, what's happening after this? We all have built within us this this concept of the future. Well, what's going to happen after that? What happens when we die? What what happens to us uh, after such and such a circumstance, there's this this concept of the future and concept of eternity, and there's there's all sorts of disagreement about God and all of that. It seems as we have arguments about, well, is there really a God? Is there not a God? And go through all that. But it seems that there's built within every person some sort of realization that there's something more than just this. And you see people trying to grab for that as they reach for life purposes of. Well, isn't there something more? And you'll see people in the world well, well your life purpose is to to make the world a better place, to leave it better than when you got here and things like that. Well all that is showing is that there is this realization innately within us that there must be something more. Otherwise, we would just live in the now, enjoy the now. We would take those first ten verses, live in the now. Hey, I'm happy now. Let's put our blinders on. Nothing in the future is going to happen. I'll just enjoy it now, enjoy it now. Don't think about anything else. But, But here Solomon says, but there's more. All of us think about what else is there. What's going to happen next? And where are we going? Why are we here? What are these purposes that God has given us? What's going on in life? What will happen when we die? And it seems that the psalmist is saying that God's done that. God has intentionally placed within us a mind that will ponder those things, even though we can't necessarily come to firm realities. Isn't that interesting the way that he words that there? But man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. We want to know about this, but we just can't get our minds around it. The first few words of the scriptures immediately cause the mind to be boggled that in the beginning God that before time there was something that just kind of causes smoke to come out the ears and you rub your head and go Uh, grasping eternity is so hard for us to to get our minds around we can't Understand what that means, that there is a, a timeless Creator who has put all these things into existence and that before there was beginning, God was already doing something. And so we have within us this kind of innate feeling, this concept, this, this belief, well, there's something more, and God's placed that there, but we don't have the full reality of what is it all about, but we're seeking And God has intended for us to to do that, which I think that is interesting that he would put this here because I believe the writer is trying to get us to put the dots together. We only have a set amount of time. We're finite. We don't have eternity. We have our 86,400 seconds that we're allotted to us in any given day. And so we have our set amount of time. Life is always changing. Today might be joy. Tomorrow might be weeping. Today be a day of birth and tomorrow a day of death. Today it's a time to build. Tomorrow a time to tear down. Life is constantly shifting. Nothing stays the same. And then we have built within us that we want to consider that there's more in life. And so putting those three things together seems to indicate, Solomon says, you have a limited amount of time to be thinking about where you're ultimately going with God. You have a limited amount of time with all of these changing circumstances and things are constantly shifting. And all of this is happening to place the hope within us that you will look for God. That this looking before eternity will cause each of us to consider, you know, There must be something more. I'm going to do what I can with the limited time that I have and the changing circumstances that I have in my life to seek after God. And I think that's ultimately one of the questions that's being drawn out here. So what are you doing to prepare for that eternity that God has placed within their hearts? What are you doing to be ready? Since you have such a short amount of time, since life is transitioning constantly, since your life is a vapor, what are you doing with your 86,400 seconds today to be ready to be with God? And often we're not doing an awful lot. Often we're not spending that little amount of time that God has given us as a precious gift in seeking after Him. Often we're just simply going through life as if we will always have this time. And it's funny that we do that with time. I gave you the illustration that if we were to give you 86,400 pennies, I am pretty sure that we would spend down to about the final few pennies every single day and we would make sure that we exhausted that as best as we could we would never want to wash away a few thousand dollars that we could have had why would we ever do that no we don't want to lose that money we would make sure we would be meticulous in all those pennies to make sure we spent it to the last cent every day but with time what's our phrase we waste time (laughs) we just waste it as if it will be always given to us the next day, that the things today will be there tomorrow. And so here's Solomon writing this and saying, think about the time you've been given. It's a limited amount of time. Think about your circumstances right now. What are you doing to prepare for eternity that God has placed within each of our hearts that we all know is a reality? We all know there's something more than when we die. And so... What are you doing to be ready? Because your time is short. Your seconds are few. What will you do? And so he puts that in our minds. And then he goes to verses 12 and 13 and he says that God's given us some gifts. And that's what he wants us to see. Is He's, he's kind of, I think, adding on in this journal that he's writing to us about the wisdom of life. And notice what he does there in verse 12. I know that there is nothing better for them to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all of his efforts. We made mention of it last week because Solomon made this conclusion last time when he says "They eat, drink, and be merry, that Solomon is not advocating, will cast off all your responsibilities of life, just go hog wild and enjoy yourself. That's not what he's doing. What he's doing is saying enjoy the circumstances you have in life now, but consider that he's added the time factor now. And so I think he's saying enjoy the time you have today. Nothing better for us under the sun but to enjoy and recognize that the time that we have right now is the gift of God. And there's no promise of getting the 86,400 seconds tomorrow. We've got the time right now. And so the question, what are you doing with your time? enjoy the time, appreciate the time, recognize the time as being a gift of God. And then I would imagine we would understand then that we would use the time wisely. Think about the time that you and I have been given and use the time wisely. You know, the writer of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he uses a very interesting phrase of redeeming the time. That's such a curious statement because that literally means to buy back time and you can't buy back time. There's no way to purchase it. (laughs) If we could buy some time today, I suppose there'd be more things we would do today. I'll buy myself another hour, be good to go today, but you can't do it. So what does that mean to buy back time? Be careful with the time that you have. Be responsible with the time that you have. Don't waste the time. Be useful with the time. Be fruitful with the time. Enjoy the time because... Life is always changing, and eventually you're going to meet God. Think about how much life is changing. I think about that in my own life of how much life is changing. There was a time in my life where I was single, and that meant almost no responsibilities whatsoever, living in an attic in Bowling Green, Kentucky. All I had to do was go to college, get to work on time, Paid my $150 rent because the attic was split with my roommate for $300 a month. So it's made sure I made my $150, ate my pizza rolls, and uh, I was good to go. And so when, when I got poor, it was that top ramen noodles in a cup, you know. it's all right. I say, you know, it's the good life. <laughs> You're single. Appreciate the time you have because life's going to change. And then I got married. And that's the good life. And enjoy being together, building a marriage, enjoying one another, getting to do things, going places. Enjoy the time because that too will change. And then you have children. And children so dependent upon you. God's the time. I look at April do I even know you sometimes after certain days have gone by If we've just there and there and schedule some kids and bye, everywhere. But enjoy the time because there'll be a time where those kids won't be dependent upon us anymore and they'll be independent. And then there'll be retirement and time is changing. And we think that it'll always be just like this. I've told Avery before, I wish I could just do the freeze frame snapshot and hold my kids at this age right here. Just enjoy this right now. Life is changing. You can't do it. So appreciate it. And Solomon's writing to us to that is recognize the circumstances, the seasons of life, that the seasons of life are always changing. This is God's gift. Enjoy that time. Appreciate that time. Recognize who's given you the time. And ultimately, remember, there's no promise of more time. And I think that's what's always difficult. I think it's so difficult for us to get our grasp around is that there's no promise of more time being given to us the next day. And that's so hard. So we want to think that we will accomplish all of these things in life tomorrow. It is tomorrow when we will be better husbands and better wives and better parents. It will be tomorrow when we'll say things that we ought to say to people. It will be tomorrow when we start doing things that will be more kind. It will be tomorrow when we'll serve God better. It will be tomorrow when we'll get our lives right with God. It will be tomorrow when we'll get life back in order. But today, you know, you don't have that promise. You just don't have that. You only have the time allotted to you today. And life is changing. And you assume that you can do it tomorrow. Not only are you not sure you'll have the time, you're not sure your circumstances will stay the same. I think about if we would have had more money before kids, I think we would have done a little more, more jet-setting now that I realize where we would be now. There's no way <laughs> to be able to do that. So... Think about your circumstance. Think about your life. Enjoy all that you can. Now, and that's what he's saying there in verse 13. It is also the gift of God when anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all of his efforts. This is what he's saying. Enjoy it. And we talked a lot last week about not being workaholics, not being tied to the things of this world to enjoy what God has given us. And we waste life away through all of these other efforts that are really meaningless in life. Notice now, verse 14, I know that all God has done will last forever. There will be no adding to it or taking from it. This is interesting because he now draws a very interesting contrast. Our time is fleeting. He's already pointed out for the first 13 verses, he's told us our times are changing, life is changing, things are always up and down, you have got a limited amount of time, everything is finite, enjoy the time you have now because it may not be there tomorrow. And then he stops and says, but God is perfect. If there's anything that doesn't change in life, there's only one. That's God. God anchors the whole thing down. There's no changing with God. He is permanent. He stands right there, which hopefully that would mean as we look around in this world, remember Solomon has looked at everything under the sun, this horizontal point of view. As he's looked only at a human point of view, he's removed God from the equation for a moment and said, this is how things thing that operates And he looks at life and he says, you know, that futility, that essence of life being a vapor, of being changing so quickly, and it being gone, should hopefully point us to God. The futility of life, recognizing that things are always in upheaval, recognizing that things are finite, yet I've got this nagging thing in my heart that knows there's eternity, I know there's something more, should point me to God. It should point me to get my eyes off this world and realize there's something more that I need to be focused on. And so God's work is perfect. I love how, how that's described to us. God, there verse 14, God works so that people will be in awe of Him. His work is perfect, not ours. And so all that we have seen in the first three chapters should cause us to realize all that we think we are accomplishing in this world we think we're getting so far all comes to dust. Here chapter 3 is described that which has been built has been torn down. You know, there will be a day when Trump and all of his majesty there, uh, down there on the coast won't say Trump anymore and it won't be those buildings. <laughs> it will be something else and it will all turn to dust the things of life will be changed. And notice then the final little section of this paragraph, verse 16. I also observed under the sun, there is wickedness at the place of judgment. There is wickedness at the place of righteousness. I said to myself... God will judge the righteous and the wicked, since there is a time for every activity and every work. I said to myself, this happens concerning people, so that God may test them, and they may see for themselves that they are like animals. For the fate of people the fate of animals is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. People have no advantage over animals, for everything is futile. All are going to the same place, all come from dust, all return to dust. Who knows if the spirit of people rises upward and the spirit of animals goes downward to the earth. I have seen that there is nothing better than for a person to enjoy his activities because that is his reward for who can enable him to see what will happen after he dies. He makes two interesting conclusions in this. Verse 20 is a very important conclusion. All go to one place. like to think that's not going to happen. We just don't want to live with life in that focus. Tim Russert suddenly died. It happens. We're all going to go to the same place, and we would like to think that we're going to die on our own terms, that we're going to set the clock, and at 89 years old, that's when it's going to be, and I'll go my own way, and I'm going to go the... He's saying, don't think like that. You don't know. Appreciate the time because your clock might be stopped and you don't know. And so all go to one place. All are from the dust. To the dust, we're all going to return. Understand, that's the reality. And then what does that mean? Verse 17, God will judge the righteous and the wicked for there's a time for every matter, for every work. So God's going to examine us for what we've done how we've spent the time that we've been given. How will we stand before God with the time that we've been given? Will we be able to show Him and say, look, we've appreciated the time that we've had. We have not taken it for granted. And we have used the time profitably, not only for ourselves, but advancing the kingdom of God, trying to make ourselves to be more useful as as God's servants. How are we using the time? Or is it time spent in selfishness, self serving, sinfulness? That's what the point that he's made here, and he talks about. It's given to the wicked and to the righteous. We're all given the time. What are we going to do with the time? Because God will hold us accountable at the end. So, quick conclusions then. Of this lesson will be yours. Don't forget, life is always changing. As you read that section of time, I hope that will jump to your mind that it's not just simply. You know, a, kind of a wonderful song about, you know, time for this and time for that. He doesn't go into all of the details about that because I think he's trying to get us to open our eyes and see life is always changing. Do not expect tomorrow to be the same as today. Don't expect this afternoon to be the same as it was this morning. Life is constantly changing. All of us have time, it's God's gift to us, and so how are we using the time? Is it in futility? Are we wasting our time? Are we using it for nothing? Or are we worshiping God with the time that we have been given? And therefore, when we do that, we are able to enjoy our lives. Enjoy what we have been given because we are able to appreciate that it's from God. The time that I have right now and the circumstance that I'm in right now, I need to enjoy because it's going to change. I need to stop complaining, stop whining, stop wishing for better, always hoping for something in the future that'll change my life. Remember, we did that in lesson one? Always thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Stop it. Your time is now. Your circumstances are here. Enjoy your life now. Appreciate it. It's God's gift to you. It'll change tomorrow. So enjoy what you have today. Pull your songbooks out. We'll sing the invitation song. We invite you to come to God. We invite you to come to Jesus Christ. Today is the time. You don't know that you have tomorrow to get your life right with God. You don't know that you have time in the future to say before God, okay, now I'm going to do what God wants me to do. You don't have that promise to you, but you do have right now. God has given you today. That is the gift of God. And He's offered you the opportunity to turn away from a sinful life, to understand that there is eternity. You know it within yourself. You know that there is something more after death. God is going to be waiting. And God will judge the living. He'll judge the dead. He will judge the righteous and the wicked. And we will all stand before Him as we will hold account, be held accountable for what we've done with our time. Turn to God. Turn away from your sins. Be immersed in water to have your sins washed away. Do that this very morning while we stand and while we sing.